final hour. It's underway. Welcome in. Here with you until 1 o'clock on 104.5 The Zone. We're tickled to death to have you here. Will Compton will join us live from the bus. Coming up next for his weekly appearance with us. I have uh, many questions. Honestly, it was a failure of journalistic endeavors last week that we neglected to ask him about Scott Frost or his boss forgetting that he did a podcast for him. So I'm looking forward to Will joining us in a few minutes. 1220 is when he will be here. If you want to get involved, you can. 615-737-1045. 615-737-1045 is the number to dial. There has been breaking news for me in Rappaport. And one that I uh, I dread. I dread very, very much. Because it has to do with IR tweets and what happens to my mentions anytime this man's name is brought up. But according to Ian Rappaport, Giants cornerback Adore Jackson, which is still a weird phrase for me to read, I add parenthetically. Giants cornerback Adore Jackson, who went down and practiced today, suffered a sprained ankle, according to sources. He's dealing with significant swelling, and he'll have tests to determine the severity and the type of sprain. If he all, if all goes well, he'll rest up for week one. Not a word from any of you. If any one of you sends me an IR tweet, and I know it's already happening. It's literally already happened. This this news came out. You, you invite it when you say that. Well, I understand that. <laughs> Just open the door. But I'm trying to do a bit here. Get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> help me help you, all right? Or you help me help me. I don't know how this works. <laughs> I'm well aware, Lucas. I'm leaning in. If not... What would all the Philip Rivers gifts in my in my uh, in my photos be used for? Because he's gone from the sport this year. I have to have some kind of application for it. So yeah, Adoree Jackson, and the way that ended here was so so bizarre, right? You had a, if I mean if you're a Titans fan, and even even if you're somebody like me who who just watches the team as a as a media member, you had significantly higher hopes for this dude than the way that everything kind of fizzled out at the end. Now, injuries happen, and you want to be respectful of that. But, like, going back, I think it was week seven when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers in that rescheduled COVID game. Going back to that, when in the week leading up to it, we were being told off the record, or not off the record, but there was conversations being had around that facility that Adoree Jackson was probably going to, probably going to be ready to go against the Steelers. And then it just never happened. So when he finally got activated off IR, there was uh, an understanding that they would have to put him back on the active roster. He would have to count as a roster spot. But then they didn't end up like activating him on a game day for several weeks after the fact. And then John Robinson made some comments that weren't directly made at a Dory Jackson or about a Dory Jackson, but basically implied in letting him and other players go that they needed players who were going to be willing to play through stuff. That was a telling situation given how uncertain the Adoree Jackson situation seemed to get from week to week. And then when he came back, he didn't just, he looked bad. He looked terrible. Um, He looked like somebody, and I understand you want to make sure that you're trying to, you're trying to protect yourself physically because he was in a contract situation or, was on his fifth-year option, and his contract standing was uncertain, although more certain than Corey Davis was prior to when those options were picked up, or not picked up, rather, 
for Corey Davis or Joe Jackson's fifth-year option was picked up by the team, and then they ended up kind of skirting the rules, and now the rules have changed to where you can't cut a player after you've picked up his fifth-year option. It's It fizzled out so quickly that you were curious about what was going to happen next, right? Because not only did he leave Tennessee, he got like a, I can't remember if it was $3 million or $6 million raise, a three-year deal from the Giants. So you're sitting there looking at that like, all right, somebody got this thing dead wrong, whether it was the Titans or the Giants at the time. And I don't know that you could have predicted a sprained ankle, but that's going to be something that if New York, if Dave Football Gettleman got that one wrong, that's really something that he's going to come under a significant amount of scrutiny for because the the red flags, just as we were talking about earlier in the show, the red flags with Jacksonville, the red flags were there with Adoree Jackson a season ago. And somehow the Giants felt the need to give him a raise off a season where he just, he frankly didn't play. And when he did play, it was wildly unsatisfactory. 615-737-1045 is how you jump in on the conversation, if you would like to. There has also been breaking news, a lot of breaking news, as to, I guess everybody's just picking today to assign their starting quarterbacks for week one. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Who is their week one opponent, Lucas, if you can find that out for me? Drew Locke, who had been the starter there, and a former, in fact, I don't, was Drew Locke a second round pick? I think Drew Locke was a second round pick, if memory serves in that 2019 draft. Remember the buzz? Well, there was like some, somebody got a screenshot of like some kind of test scroll of the draft order prior to the draft beginning. And it said, you know, at number 19, Drew Locke, Tennessee Titans. Oh my God. And people went, people lost their damn minds. Oddly enough, they play the Giants week one. Oh, so it'll be Teddy Bridgewater, you know, targeting whoever is starting the absence of potentially a Dory Jackson who's not on the field. The Rappaport report did say he. the hope is for him to rest up to be available, be available for week one. Yeah. So the Jags will start Trevor Lawrence in week one against the Texans, and Teddy Bridgewater will take the field with the Broncos starting offense against the New York Giants. All right. Do we have time to talk about Julio Jones here? How do you want me to do this, Lucas? Because I had this whole thing prepared on Julio Jones. I have Todd Downing audio. I have or you have, rather, Ryan uh, Ryan Tannehill audio. But I feel like there's not a ton of work, room for me to work here. But Will Compton's up next. What do I do? This is the rare spot where I'm stuck. All right. Let's do, let's do a little bit of Julio Jones. Because he returned to the practice field for the first time in a long time. And I teased before we went to break a shocking number of practices that Julio Jones has participated in after I damn told you all that he doesn't practice. So stop it. Stop it. Relax, R-E-L-A-X. I had to think about that. Aaron Rodgers rattles it off so easily. It doesn't come as easily for the rest of us. But Julio Jones back in a 11-on-11 jog through yesterday. I thought about trolling all of you by saying that his first pass that he caught back was over Caleb Farley just to see what kind of fires I could stir up on the Internet, and it was successful, so that made me happy. But Todd Downing spoke about getting on the same page, getting – Julio Jones on the same page with the rest of this offense, and I thought in a way that was pretty telling about how they are being told he is being managed right now. Yeah, you know, he's seen a lot of defenses, seen a lot of coverages, uh, run run a very similar offense to this in his past. And so that dialogue while they're watching film, being able to talk about, okay, versus look, I'm anticipating this and so on, uh, it, it's been good. And, you know, he, he has great communication skills 
uh, with the quarterback. So, you know, I think that that's been uh, very beneficial along the way. Todd Downing talking about Julio Jones yesterday. And then, of course, is his quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, who is looking at this situation and who is not receiving scrutiny, but the conversation has become, okay, how do these guys get on the same page when they've just not practiced together? By the way, up until yesterday, Julio Jones had practiced twice in a month. Yesterday, if you want to count, jog through, and I guess you can count the jog through, 11 on 11. He has practiced three times in a calendar month since joining this team. But Ryan Tannehill talked about, you know, what it was like to what it was like to see him on the practice field and and the progress that they're making right now. Something that if you're any quarterback who has him on the roster has to be a rewarding sign. Yeah, it's nice to kind of see him on the practice field moving around a little bit. Obviously been been waiting for it to excited to get him out here when, whenever he's ready. So a lot of work to do still with him. You know, we've talked through a lot of a lot, a lot of looks. You know, we've seen on tapes, you know, the guys do take the reps and been able to talk through the spacing, the timing. And now it's just a matter of, of being able to come out here and, and do it in person and, and make that connection. It's going to matter. They need that time together, no matter how many defenses Tannehill and Julio Jones have seen. Listen, they're, they're vets. They understand. They've seen a ton of defenses. They understand the mechanics of the plays and the offense that they are going to run together. It's just they haven't physically run it together quite yet. So that'll be a situation to continue to monitor. A situation that we will monitor with you coming up next is Will Compton. He joins us for his weekly appearance. I'm told it is via the bus. So we'll see if, uh, you know, he, if he can find ways to derail the radio show in a new fashion from the bus because I'm certain that as we're exploring this new technology with Will that it's not going to work. We'll find out next. That's about as good a tease as I can do. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone. All right. It's time. Let's get this out of the way. He is Will Compton. He is physically on the bus that the podcast is taped on. Bussing with the boys. Subscribe, rate, and review. There is a conversation had on there that is not me, so I'm a little bitter about it, but it's okay. William, what's up? Buck, how you doing, man? Good afternoon. <laughs> what are you, you butthurt about? I'm, I'm butthurt that you're having sleazy NIL consultants on the podcast before Whoa. you have me on. Whoa, sleazy. Why I, are they sleazy? Well, because they, listen, anybody who projecting? operates in that world is, projecting? am I objecting? No, listen, I'm for projecting. it because. Projecting. Oh, am I projecting? Yes, I am projecting. Um, it's true. I see a lot of, I see a lot of opportunity or opportunistic tendencies in those, in those individuals. And I think that there's a ton of money to be made. No, I, it's, it's, I, I kid mostly. Cause I do think there are a lot of angles that people are curious about NIL right now. I guess what what were the biggest questions that you had for them and kind of explain who you had on the pod? So I had uh, the company Open Doors. They are, they, the, com- the company was founded by Blake Lawrence and Adi Kunalik. They're both longtime friends of mine. I played with them at Nebraska. Blake was actually my, uh, my host when I was a recruit at Nebraska. And they've both been huge entrepreneurs ever since they got them playing the game um, through building her debt and selling that off. And then they had found it and have built up what is known as open doors. Now that's been growing since 2012. And basically the way they've positioned themselves, if they've, they've always been in the industry of helping athletes get paid, it's mostly been at the professional level, but now that the NCAA has shifted 
into this NIL world because NIL, it's not new. It's just new in the NCAA. Right. And they've kind of positioned themselves to be the software, the leading pioneer in this NIL market. And they're sort of the middleman. So if Buck, if one of one of four, uh, five, the zone wanted uh, a college athlete to promote or pitch something that was on brand, yeah. you would yeah. be able to go into this, in this database, see every collegiate athlete that signed up, even the NFL players, like all athletes, right? And you basically see their rankings, their statistics, where they're good at, their geography, the location, all that stuff to know, oh, I want this person to push my brand because that's the best bang for a buck and we get the most value. Like you might go on there thinking if you just use the Titans, right? You might think Ryan Tannehill might be the best person. Like, hey, we want to get Ryan Tannehill. But the software might tell you, hey, these are actually the more engaging uh, people, have the better audience growth, have the, be have the best engagement on social media. You might want to go up to this guy and he's cheaper so that's essentially what their software does yeah so it's it's you know why why go and we're just using ryan as an example ryan's actually pretty good on social media for a quarterback given yes. health you know typically typically quiet they are about things but so say for example why go after a ryan Tannehill who may not engage as much as Jayon brown for example who's going to be a lesser known name but is going to give you more bang for your buck so it's it's it is it's a really smart way to go about that because that's that's where the conversation becomes interesting, right? You get attracted by the bright, shiny athletes whose names you know and whose jersey numbers you recognize, but it may not necessarily be for the brand that is trying to foray into this world of name, image, and likeness to get their brand actually out there rather than just throw a kid you know, a couple hundred bucks. They're trying to find ways to further their investment in a way that's going to make this so much more cold and concise than I think people understand. That's yeah, 100%. And uh, another thing too, is when these brands are, they think it's the shinier object. They think it's, you know, I know we're stuck on the Titans, like the Derrick Henry's and Tan Hills, the one who are going to be an astronomical amount of money. Right. Yeah. And usually these brands have to talk to their agents. Agents don't necessarily always like, yeah, they have the best interest of the athlete, but they also have the best interest in themselves, stuff like that. But you, you can essentially cut out the agent by going into uh, this database because you will get all your statistics, everything you need to know price, which is always negotiable. Like everything on there lets you know exactly what you want to do and who you can go after and who you can target without having to call somebody or deal with somebody. Or you might come across people that you would have no idea about that would be on the roster. Cause you see a lot of deals like a barbecue company I've seen has sponsored the old lineman. I want to say it was either at Wisconsin or something yeah, like that, yeah. but that did the entire lineman. They wanted the quarterback and the quarterback was in a position to say, Hey, take care of the old lineman. And you know, we're all on board. Next thing you know, the whole line is getting taken care of. They're getting a little bit thrown their way. And that just gives you an astronomical amount of engagement on social media when they're promoting it. Uh, Will Compton of Bussin' with the Boys is here with us on 104.5 The Zone, presented, of course, by All-American Pest Control, who knows all about name, image, and likeness. Plans as low as $39. Visit yuckbugs.com. Jack McPherson is in the chat on Twitter, and I don't know what Jack is doing, but he says, is this guy an angel investor? So I'm sure he's trying to sell me some Dogecoin or something like that. <laughs> hey, shout-out, Jack, baby. All the free shout-outs. No, for him, for him, absolutely, because he is – the person who uh, got me going to the place that is endeavoring to help me lose weight. So I'm going to, I'm a big Jack fan 
Also, he didn't make me look like a fool in the way that he was shooting our celebrity softball game. That made me very happy because I know, I know he had more stuff that he didn't put out there. Yeah, there's no question. We got it in the tank just in case, just in case we ever need it. I know we got it. And Jack, if you're listening right now, make sure you get some good footage of Buck in the weight room exercising. I need that as well. Finger on the trigger. Stay head on a swivel, boys. Always. So with with this, I, I guess from your standpoint, understanding that you played at a what whatever Nebraska is right now, at a brand that is of sub, sub, significant note in the college for, football world, everybody knows Nebraska, even if they haven't been on top for quite some time. Have you have you kind of explored? Have you retroactively looked at what something like that could have earned you as a college athlete at a at a Power Five school like that? Man, not really. I haven't thought about what how it would have benefited myself. I'm sure it would have been a, in a smaller way, like in, in a way that's significant for a college athlete. But I thought more about like my teammates, like Rex Burkett, Kenny Bell, Amir Abdullah, and uh, Taylor Martinez, like the guys who, you know, you assume are going to get paid, the skill players. Uh, I'm not sure it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds with Nebraska. Um, but more so, like, I think it's just good because, you know, these athletes will get compensated you know, there won't be all this red tape around like there always has been. Like, Buck, if I was a college athlete and we went out to eat and you're like, you mean you talk shop, legally you weren't allowed to ever buy me a meal. And so I think the the uh, ability to do that now and even pay players to where they can monetize and do other things and build inside of their brand and inside of their interests, I think is really going to benefit a lot of guys. All right, so Barstool has been like one of the names on the forefront of this. Dave Portnoy, and, and I'll make fun of you about your boss here in just a second. But Dave Portnoy has been on the forefront of sponsoring college athletes through this name, image, and likeness situation. How much has Bussin had to do with that? And have you guys have you guys explored those possibilities individually outside of what the, the larger Barstool brand is doing? We haven't yet. I know we would like to, uh, but it, we can't just as easily like Dave did. You put up your uh, selfie video, you put one out there, and you know, you just set, they have the infrastructure for that, right? Like even people at the office didn't even know what was going on. They're working extra hours overnight on the weekends, on the holiday when they were closed, like he kind of created that storm, but it was a good move because he's first out in the, he's first out on that front. Like he's got his face out there. He's letting people know, like you'll get simple branding by putting barstool athlete. I think they had several hundred thousand applications uh, to be a barstool athlete. So we're not in that position to do that. Although when we saw his video, we wanted to be, it just creates a lot of chaos. Like we had several hundred athletes reach out before we even said anything about, Hey, can we, we saw this, can we be a busing athlete? And uh, we, we just, we don't have that infrastructure help. We don't have that stuff in house at Nashville yet. Um, but we are trying to figure out a way that where we can be unique with it and try and get a couple guys that are on brand with the boys and, and see what we can do. So he's got multiple ca- camera angles, but not the kind of infrastructure to handle a name, image, and likeness situation. That I appreciate. <laughs> Fo- focus on the important things first, Will, which is, of course, right. your vanity and Blas's, you know, ability to flex on people with his technological prowess. Uh, if you see, <laughs> if you're watching on Zone TV, you can see how he is being directed to various camera angles, and Lucas is shaking his head in dismay because he can't he can't figure out how to get a second camera angle. Yeah, I got on. nothing. I can't one up it. Yeah, nothing. nothing. Yeah, we're out here operating at a high level. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, listen for for all the infrastructure that you don't have. I promise you, it's a little different down here on the local radio level. But I digress. Will Compton of Bussin with the boys here with us on 104.5 The Zone. 
Subscribe, rate, and review. The new episodes come out every Wednesday morning. The YouTube episodes will debut uh, later this evening at 6 p.m. Central Time. So let's talk Let's talk about uh, what happened with you and Dave Portnoy because I thought that it was brave of you to go on his podcast because I didn't necessarily know how that was going to go for you when I saw that you were making an appearance on the Dave Portnoy show. Now, <laughs> in, in, as, in as FCC safe terms as you can, why don't you set the scene for what caused this little bit of strife in-house? Okay, so last week on the Dave Portnoy show, Dave was talking to Gray Golson, who's, uh, I believe, like a, one of his closer athlete friends. And they were talking about podcasting and juggling both. And Dave made the comment, I don't think there is. There is no great podcast out there where there's active NFL players slinging it. Yeah. And completely forgot about the boys. And Greg was piggybacked off that and saying, yeah, that's impossible to do. It's just unlikely to happen. Like, if I were to do that, like, it's just impossible, especially if you're trying to be a decent player. And so riffing off all of that, uh, we made comments. We, we took to Twitter with it. Taylor and I both, we texted, uh, we group chatted with Dave about it and had some fun with it. We took it to Twitter, and I went on Dave Portnoy's show yesterday. Last night, you can check it out on YouTube or audio. And uh, I was on the Dave Portnoy show, and we were talking about his comments, and he, you know, he apologized. He, he, like he said, begrudgingly said, I popped my shoulder out. I raised my hand. I apologized. All the boys said sorry. Uh, but he, I thought it was a missed opportunity because he has, he does have a great podcast in house. The only podcast that slings it all year round. Yes, that is, I <laughs> go ahead, Buck. come on now. Why I'm listen, I'm not going after you for this. I thought it was a uh, one. I thought it was a funny moment. If I was going to pound, if I was going to jump on your neck, like I wanted to last week, I would have done it in your appearance last week. But I, <laughs> I honestly, I, I looked at that and I, I thought that was a missed opportunity for somebody who doesn't often miss opportunities like that. Because, yeah, you do run into the conflict of Taylor can only do so much, if any, during the regular season. Last year was an anomaly because he tore his ACL. But what what you guys do have, and something that I have been complimentary of you before, despite my better judgment, is that you guys have honest and open conversations with professional athletes in a way that traditional media cannot because you have played alongside these guys. You have sweated alongside these guys. You have bled alongside these guys. And for if you haven't necessarily played with these athletes who are coming on the podcast on the same team, you understand so much more of what the experience looks like across sports than any of us could potentially. I mean, you saw the levels of my athletic ability, so you can surmise how far my athletic career went. So there's a little bit of a disconnect when I'm talking to people about these things, about all of the things that they've achieved or all the things that I'm being critical of, uh, because I have no concept of what actually goes into it. Yeah, you know, in your best interest, if I'm you, Buck, I don't, I'm not trying to show my ability anywhere publicly. I'm not ever. scared. Listen, I went out there knowing that it was going to look like that. I don't, I do it again. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you from hurting yourself. Thank you. I know you're not scared. That's the problem. <laughs> because when you do that stuff, you lose a little bit of respect and credibility for when you do get behind the mic and want to talk about it. I, uh, well, that's never stopped me before. Why would it stop me now? Will Compton <laughs> of Bussin' with the Boys. <laughs> if I was, if I was in this for people's respect, buddy, I would never, I would never yeah, sit I down know. and do this for three hours a day. Uh, so just in the, in the interest of asking you a football question, we, we will do this once a week and see how it goes. It often goes poorly because Will Compton is scared. But I will say to you that with roster cut down day, the last time that you and I had a conversation around roster cut down day, 
It was me breaking the news to you that you had made the Titans roster, and we uh, we had a, a lovely little moment together. And I think that it is good perspective, though, for the audience to understand what it is like to live in that headspace as somebody who may be on the fringe of a roster cut. That's a good question, Buck. Um, so my rookie year, I didn't necessarily know if I was going to make the team. And then going into the fourth preseason game, a scout had came out to me like, hey, if you black out and make some plays, like you have a shot at making this team. And, um, you know, I was going through camp at the time, and it's honestly, it's brutal. Like your, your mental um, – the adversity you go through mentally is like you doubt your abilities, you doubt yourself because again, you're in unknown grounds. You're not in college anymore. You're not around. You're not the big dog on campus. You're surrounded by all these phenomenal athletes. And so your headspace is challenged all the time. And, um, being on the practice squad the whole year, going into year two, and again, being a fringe guy, uh, being told, Hey, you have a chance to make this roster is actually Hazlitt. Hazlitt was my defensive coordinator. Who's, who's currently the linebackers coach for the Titans. Uh, he was my D coordinator at Washington. I remember has vividly like it was yesterday coming up. Will you know, you can make this team. Right. And I'm thinking in my head, like, yeah, I know. Like if I just, you know, if you, if you guys trusted me more, gave me more opportunities, like, yeah, I know. And he's like, you can make this team. Like, don't worry about all these other guys. Like you can make this team, keep focusing on what you're doing. And I remember going into the fourth preseason game in year two when I was playing good ball. I was playing good throughout preseason. I was the backup. I was rotating at both spots. I could back up both spots. That was kind of the the factor on why um, I was getting those opportunities. Right, but going right. into the fourth preseason game, the first series, um, I remember being super nervous because I felt like I had it, right? And the first series, I had two plays, two opportunities to make plays in that first series, and I missed two tackles. I want to say they might have been in a row, but I was so in my head because I was so nervous. And I remember sitting on the bench, and Hazlitt comes up to me and goes, he goes, Will, you know, in choiceful words, I won't repeat what he actually said. Thank you for having the presence of mind. That's important. Yeah. Shout out, Lucas. (laughs) Uh, He was like, hey, what's wrong? And he was like, don't worry about making the team. You're making the team. Don't even worry about that. Go play your game. And then I go out the, you know, I have a good back end of the game, everything else. And the next day I remember getting a a message from our player development because I'm calling him because I'm closer to the guys now. It's my second year. And I was like, hey, what do you know? What do you got? Like I'm in my hotel room, like just nervous because you just never know. And he's like, hey, you can sleep well tonight. Uh, You're going to make the team. And, uh, bro, I'm talking – cloud nine ecstatic because you you truly you have no clue you don't know if hey my career or my football days might be done um you just don't know you don't know if a team's going to want you or want to pick you up i remember when i was on practice squad the first year pff like somebody's like hey will you know you could get picked up you're you're in the top five of the pff defensive players and so you get a little bug in your mind that oh somebody might come and get you and nobody did like i was a practice squad guy but you just have no clue like when you get done when you play the games like those uh those rookies undrafted guys those fringe guys they go back to their hotel room they go back to their spot and you just kind of sit and 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 mull over every play that you've had, every missed opportunity that might not have been a big deal to a coach, but it's a huge deal to you because you know you could have made that play. But, you know, it's it's a grind mentally, bro. But to be a fringe guy, like, I respect all those dudes because you, you live in your head 24-7. You know, I, I don't want to betray any confidences here, but there's a close personal friend that you and I share, uh, former Titans player, and I won't divulge his name because I don't want to, you know, tell this story without... Uh, asking him first, and obviously it's just popped into my mind, but we were, 
I, I saw a group of them out at, out at Tin Roof the night before roster cut day. And they, we, you know, we said hi to each other. Cause obviously we knew each other at that point. Cause we were still able to go in the locker rooms at this time. And you're able to get to know guys more. And it was right before roster cut day. And each of these guys was in the bar, you know, because it, it you don't know. And you're just, you're not going to sit uh, by yourself. You're going to go out and try to take your mind off things and all all that. And so our mutual friend comes up to me and goes, he goes, you, you, am I going to make it tomorrow? And, you know, I'm three sheets to the wind by this time, and I have no idea. This was very early in my career as well, so I have no kind of inside knowledge at this point. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, buddy, you're fine. You know, all this is going to be fine. Next day he ends up out there on waivers, and I'm, I feel so bad, so bad. I am sending all manner of apology texts. He's like, you know, it's fine. I knew that you were out of it a little bit, and I knew that I kind of had a feeling that this was coming, so I didn't psych myself up. But, oh, my God, it's the worst I've ever felt uh, dealing oh, with a player. It was so brutal. bad. Yeah, I'll That's t- brutal. I'll tell you who it is off the air, but I, <laughs> then you, you yeah, probably. Yeah. It's a different world, man. Yeah. I mean, you. I was 23 as a rookie. You spend, I'll just say, obviously not all 23 years, but you spend your entire life, like, working toward this dream. You get – for me, you go undrafted, but either way, a team calls you, they say you're signed, right? They're going to sign you. Everyone thinks you're a Washington football player. Like, everyone thinks you're going to be on the team. Like, you have all this weird undue pressure that you put on yourself, this expectation. You you just know when you're in camp and you're on that 90-man roster and you see how the reality of it, what it really is, you know, you're just, dude, you just live in your head, bro. So when, when you do get cut, it's just, oh, it's a brutal feeling. Yeah. Will Compton of Bussin' with the Boys. The podcast experience is, uh, despite what I say, not a brutal experience. You should check it out. He's having good conversations with a lot of interesting people right now and not with Taylor to interrupt him throughout the entire time. I'm actually learning something now from Bussin' with the Boys. Subscribe. We'll be on on one day, Buck. What? Okay, so what? That's not that's not even funny to say because you know that I I don't think it's funny. I think I think I'm just smiling because I smile. You know I like to smile. Well, that's because you paid for those new teeth. Go check out the podcast, subscribe, rate, review. Will Compton, always a pleasure, buddy. Always and forever. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. I'm Buck Rising. This is 1045 the zone. Well, the music's lying to you. We are going somewhere. We're we're calling it a day here in just a second. Now you shouldn't go anywhere. Because Blaine and Mickey are going to keep it rolling. Three HL after after that. It's been a it's been a great week for all the shows. Been a lot of good conversations had. By the way, if you haven't checked out any of the shows or a few of the shows, but not all of the shows via the podcast, I would highly recommend it. Maybe I'll start doing recommended listening from the one hundred four five The Zone podcast family. Because I thought Three HL's conversation with Jeff Fisher. I think that was Monday was really, really good. Yeah, really good. And not just because they bumped me for it and I was not, I mean, it's fine because I fell asleep and I missed my hit anyway, but I awoke to many apologetic texts, texts for being bumped for Jeff Fisher and I had no idea because I was passed out. But I listened to it via the podcast because I was passed out and I found it very enjoyable. Lucky you. You can't get mad at Slay anymore. About what? Uh, remember when he missed his segment with us? Oh, no, napping? I'm sorry. I can. There's a difference between a 520 hit on a Monday after what my Monday looks like and Slay sleeping through <laughs> an 11 a.m. An 11 a.m. nap when his show doesn't start till 3. And I love Ron Slay. I'm wearing a Boom Boom Room t-shirt today because I love Ron Slay. 
but he, he, you can get the hell out of there with, with the comparison between me falling asleep, passing out from exhaustion, and Ron Slay taking his regularly scheduled 11 a.m. nap. That is ridiculous. Speaking of podcasts, by the way, new episode of the install with Greg Cosell and myself. It comes out later this evening for your listening enjoyment. A, a centralized focus. Greg emailed me his scouting uh, report on Elijah Molden pre-draft. I'm going to tweet that out for people because I think they'll really enjoy it while listening to the podcast because we're going to look at Elijah Molden in greater detail and we'll also spend a lot of time on the difference between preseason football and regular season football because I think Greg's pissed at all the all the narratives out there that he thinks are completely silly. So he emailed me that today and I'm like, all right, let's do it. So subscribe, rate, review, wherever it is that you get the install or wherever it is that you get your podcast if you want to be nice to Greg, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Polls. Stop the count. Stop the count. The polls have closed and the votes have been tallied. It's the segment where bias takes over and nuance goes to die. Now, here's your favorite Buck Rising Show daily correspondent, Lucas Polzika. What's the dumbest thing in sports this week? Gritnox says MLB review. Noted Braves fan, Gritnox. Tough, man. That is tough. Barrett, I, go ahead. I'm, well, I, sorry, I, had to, I, I started to choke on something, and I had to turn my microphone off mid mid sentence. I am, I am, I am, I feel bad for all of the Braves fans except for Will Bowen because that makes me laugh. <laughs> Barrett says the Cowboys pretending Dak is not hurt again. That's that's a weird situation, isn't mm-hmm. it? With the way that they tweeted out, nobody panic, nobody okay. panic, but he's oh. having an MRI. What? What are you doing from your team account that has millions of followers? You out of your mind. Um, I really hate that for Dak. Now, the good thing is he got paid. He got paid, which is the concern first and foremost. But you know that it's not – you can have all the money in the world and still not be happy with your situation because he has to be. He has to be just outright miserable right now. And, you know, Cowboys fans, of course, are going to be miserable because Ben DiNucci um, is their backup, and he is very, very bad at – and Matthew says Andy Dalton being the starter is the dumbest thing in sports this week. I mean, I understand why you're trying to protect Justin Fields from Aaron Donald, but you can't. And I understand that not all rookie quarterbacks are ready to go right out the gate, that you can do a lot more harm than good by putting them out there before they're ready. I just I just think that in most of these cases, particularly when it's Andy Dalton, that Andy Dalton, if you are trying to win, you have to seriously sit there and say to yourself, does Andy Dalton give us a better chance of winning than Justin Fields does? And I don't think an honest look at that situation would would tell you that that is so. Well, does Fitzpatrick make the Titans roster? 72% believe he will. You know, we had a good conversation with him today. Titans wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick. You can check it out wherever it is you get your podcast, the Buck Rising Show. And, I, you know, I, I wanted to find ways to talk to him about potentially not making the roster without saying, hey, bud, you're going to get cut for 10 minutes of an interview. So tried to avoid that kind of approach. But he has he has legitimately, they're not practicing today, but they he has legitimately stacked days together in the way that you hear the coaches talk about, whether that's enough to put him over the edge because he's, I mean, he's working behind the eight ball with a, re- uh, with a receiver room that's really, really deep right now, which is good for you if you're a fan, but bad for him if he's a fourth-round pick and 
not great for John Robinson, who traded up and made him a fourth-round pick. I feel like him being a fourth-round pick that you gave up three picks for, if he's able to finish out with a really strong week, which he has since that preseason game Saturday, I think he gives himself a really good shot. Well, and not even the preseason game Saturday. It's more about the practices, because the preseason game on Saturday, like, my worst fear for him, having no investment in, like, the success of the Titans, well, that's not true, having precious little investment in the success of the Titans, like, he looked like Taewon Taylor out there. Like, he body, he body caught it, and I was worried that he would drop it, as I have seen him drop several passes over the course of the last couple of weeks. Where he has been more consistent, most importantly, is in practice. Now, whether they're taking a different approach with him to make life a little easier on him, to kind of pare down what they're asking him to learn, I don't quite know that yet, but he made a couple of nice plays in Tampa, and then yesterday on the practice field, a, a really nice Touchdown catch from Ryan Tannehill over Elijah Moulton, ironically enough. Will college football's alliance matter outside of the SEC? 85% say no. Nope. Next. Can we stop COVID-shaming sports teams? 69% nice say yes. I didn't even get to this today. And I'm about to sneeze into the microphone, so Lucas may have to cover for me because that's not against, or that do is it. very much against the protocol. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't, I, do it. don't do it. What do you mean do it? What do you mean do it? What are you, <laughs> what are you doing? You're supposed to, your job is to make the radio show sound better. Me sneezing into the microphone is not good radio. <laughs> be the last, that's how you sign off. <laughs> just, Unleash it. Oh, God. No, don't just, do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Stop saying don't do it because now it's making me think about it. And this ring light in front of my face isn't helping me. Shut up. Two minutes. You can do it. <laughs> uh, what was the question? <laughs> can we stop COVID shaming sports teams? Oh yeah, listen, for I, getting COVID, not for having dumb stances on not knowing what a vaccine is. Well, that's that's a big difference, right? Like I went after Montez Sweat when he had his whole spiel about the vaccine because he was an idiot. He didn't know what a vaccine was. That's making fun of stupid people. That's not COVID <laughs> shaming people, right? Like, and Montez Sweat, it doesn't matter because he's a nightmare off the edge, and so he can have whatever stance on vaccines he wants as long as he can rest the passer. Who cares? But I, 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 this story that came out of ESPN yesterday about Ryan Suckup, the former Titans kicker who tested positive for COVID, the headline, the story did not make it seem like, but the headline implied that he got COVID from going to dinner with Titans players when the four members Mike Vrabel and three players of the Titans organization who have either tested positive or been put on the COVID list weren't at dinner with Ryan Suckup. So this whole, and, and I'll, I'll get into this probably at greater length tomorrow, and, and we'll play for you the Bruce Arians audio because we're running out of time here. But COVID shaming in sports, man, I'm not going to, don't be one of these people who gets mad at a sports team playing in the middle of a pandemic for getting sick. That's outright stupid. We'll do it again tomorrow. What won't be stupid is Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey will have very high-level, intellectually stimulating conversations, and they're coming up next. Like, and Slay sleeping through <laughs> an 11 a.m. nap. An 11 a.m. nap when his show doesn't start till 3, and I love Ron Slay. I'm wearing a Boom Boom Room t-shirt today because I love Ron Slay. But he, he, you can get the hell out of there with, with the comparison between me falling asleep, passing out from exhaustion, and Ron Slay taking his regularly scheduled 11 a.m. nap. That is ridiculous. Speaking of podcasts, by the way, new episode of the install with Greg Cosell and myself. It comes out later this evening for your listening enjoyment. A, a centralized focus. Greg 
emailed me his scouting uh, report on Elijah Molden pre-draft. I'm going to tweet that out for people because I think they'll really enjoy it while listening to the podcast because we're going to look at Elijah Molden in greater detail, and we'll also spend a lot of time on the difference between preseason football and regular season football because I think Greg's pissed at all the all the narratives out there that he thinks are completely silly. So he emailed me that today, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. So subscribe, rate, review, wherever it is that you get the install or wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you want to be nice to Greg, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Polls. Stop the count. Stop the count. The polls have closed, and the votes have been tallied. It's the segment where bias takes over and nuance goes to die. Now, here's your favorite Buck Rising Show daily correspondent, Lucas Polzika. What's the dumbest thing in sports this week? Gritnox says MLB review. Noted Braves fan, Gritnox. Tough, man. That is tough. Barrett, I, go ahead. I'm, well, I, sorry. I, had to, I, I started to choke on something, and I had to turn my microphone off mid, mid-sentence. I am... I am, I am, I feel bad for all of the Braves fans except for Will Bowen, because that makes me laugh. <laughs> Barrett says the Cowboys pretending Dak is not hurt again. That's, that's a weird situation, isn't mm-hmm. it? With the way that they tweeted out, nobody panic, nobody okay. panic, but he's Hold. having an MRI. What? Yeah. What are you doing from your team account that has millions of followers? You out of your mind. Um, I really hate that for Dak. Now, the good thing is he got paid. He got paid, which is the concern first and foremost. But you know that it's not – you can have all the money in the world and still not be happy with your situation because he has to be. He has to be just outright miserable right now. And, you know, Cowboys fans, of course, are going to be miserable because Ben DiNucci um, is their backup, and he is very, very bad at football. And Matthew says Andy Dalton being the starter is the dumbest thing in sports this week. I mean, I understand why you're trying to protect Justin Fields from Aaron Donald. But you can't, and I understand that not all rookie quarterbacks are ready to go right out the gate, that you can do a lot more harm than good by putting them out there before they're ready. I just I just think that in most of these cases, particularly when it's Andy Dalton, that Andy Dalton, if you are trying to win, you have to seriously sit there and say to yourself, does Andy Dalton give us a better chance of winning than Justin Fields does? And I don't think an honest look at that situation would, would tell you that that is so. Well, does Fitzpatrick make the Titans roster? 72% believe he will. You know, we had a good conversation with him today. Titans wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick. You can check it out wherever it is you get your podcast, the Buck Rising Show. And, I, you know, I, I wanted to find ways to talk to him about potentially not making the roster without saying, hey, bud, you're going to get cut for 10 minutes of an interview. So tried to avoid that kind of approach. But he has, he has legitimately – they're not practicing today, but they – he has legitimately stacked days together in the way that you hear the coaches talk about whether that's enough to put him over the edge because he's, I mean, he's working behind the eight ball with a, re- uh, with a receiver room that's really, really deep right now, which is good for you if you're a fan, but bad for him if he's a fourth-round pick and not great for John Robinson who traded up and made him a fourth-round pick. I feel like him being a fourth-round pick that you gave up three picks for if he's able to finish out with a really strong week, which he has since that preseason game Saturday, I think he gives himself a really good shot. Well, and not even the preseason game Saturday. It's more about the practices because the preseason game on Saturday, like my worst fear for him, having no investment in like the success of the Titans, well, that's not true, having precious little investment in the success of the Titans, like he looked like Taewon Taylor out there. Like he body he body caught it, and I was worried that he would drop it as I have seen him drop several passes over the course of the last couple of weeks. Where he has been more consistent, 
most importantly, is in practice. Now, whether they're taking a different approach with him to make life a little easier on him, to kind of pare down what they're asking him to learn, I don't quite know that yet, but he made a couple of nice plays in Tampa. And then yesterday on the practice field, a, a really nice touchdown catch from Ryan Tannehill over Elijah Molden, ironically enough. Will college football's alliance matter outside of the SEC? 85% say no. Nope. Next. Can we stop COVID shaming sports teams? 69% nice. Say yes. I didn't even get to this today. And I'm about to sneeze into the microphone, so Lucas may have to cover for me because that's not against, or that do is it. very much against the protocol. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't, I, do, it. don't do it. What do you mean do it? What do you mean do it? What are you, <laughs> what are you doing? You're supposed to, your job is to make the radio show sound better. Me sneezing into the microphone is not good radio. Be the last. That's how you sign off. <laughs> just unleash it. Oh God! No, don't just, do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Stop saying don't do it because now it's making me think about it. And this ring light in front of my face isn't helping me. Shut up. Two minutes. You can do it. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> can we stop COVID shaming sports teams? Oh yeah, listen, for I... getting COVID, not for having dumb stances on not knowing what a vaccine is. Well, that's that's a big difference, right? Like I went after Montez Sweat when he had his whole spiel about the vaccine because he was an idiot. He didn't know what a vaccine was. That's making fun of stupid people. That's not COVID-shaming people, right? Like, And Montez Sweat, it doesn't matter because he's a nightmare off the edge, and so he can have whatever stance on vaccines he wants. As long as he can rest the passer, who cares? But I, 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 this story that came out of ESPN yesterday about Ryan Suckup, the former Titans kicker who tested positive for COVID, the headline, the story did not make it seem like, but the headline implied that he got COVID from going to dinner with Titans players. When the four members, Mike Vrabel and three players of the Titans organization, who have either tested positive or been put on the COVID list, weren't at dinner with Ryan Suckup. So this whole, and, and I'll, I'll get into this probably at greater length tomorrow, and, and we'll play for you the Bruce Arians audio because we're running out of time here. But... COVID shaming in sports, man. I'm not going to – don't be one of these people who gets mad at a sports team playing in the middle of a pandemic for getting sick. That's outright stupid. We'll do it again tomorrow. What won't be stupid is Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey will have very high-level intellectually stimulating conversations, and they're coming up next.